Drill, baby, drill. He had such enormous fun that he called for another elephant to come. It's just awfully good that someone with the temperament of Donald Trump is not in charge of the law in our country. Because you'd be in jail. Secretary Clinton. America, stay out the bushes. Stay out the bushes. Jet is a mess. And welcome to a Tuesday, November 15th edition episode of The Elephants in the Room. We decided to go back to back because we were basically gone for a week. Sorry about that. Yeah, sorry about that. We were gone for a week. We had company in town and um, yeah, that's it. Yep. We didn't, we kind of went on our own little vacation while they were here. Yeah, we went on our own little vacation. You know, after the Tea Party election in 2010, we actually did take a couple days off from the show. There you go. Kind of just decompress. You know, because you get so built up. You get so built up. And I was thinking that today, what was I doing a week ago? What was I doing a week ago at this time? Well, I was just <laughs> trying to I was just trying to go through the motions at work as quick as possible so I could inevitably, inevitably get to voting, eating pizza, and watching election returns. Um, and um, I was joking with Katie about this the, the morning after, about how when you're young and when you're working in politics, election night, or any night where there's election, you get real excited because you know you're guaranteed free alcohol, right? <laughs> Alcohol's expensive. When you're young, you're looking for to get alcohol cheap ways, especially if you're an underpaid, overworked political staffer in D.C. or working in the political arena as I was. And um, But the food provided at these places is usually garbage. It's pizza, it's Chick-fil-A, it's stuff that you can afford, Right, so you 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 over-index on the alcohol because that's something you can't afford, and you under-index on the food at those parties because they only serve food that you can afford. I'm going to splurge on Fridays. I'm going to get a pizza. You know that that's what it's like to be. You know, everyone knows it's what it's like to not have a couple of nickels to rub together when you're a kid. But now that we're older, I was joking. You know, I got up on Wednesday and I went for a seven mile run. You know, humble humble brag. That's not a humble brag. It's but the point being, the point being, I got up and I worked out. But the point being is that. Really, what took a toll on my stomach was the pizza and the fried mushrooms from the night before. It wasn't the beer. Yeah, one or two beers. You know, I can't, I can't drink beer throughout the night and stay up for an election. I'll fall asleep at nine o'clock. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta drink other things. You learn this as you get older. So it's very funny, you know, to wake up with an upset, upset stomach because of pizza and uh, fried mushrooms, uh, rather, rather than the uh, the election day hangover. Mm. So that's what you that's what that's what you young people get to look forward to. You get excited when you order pizza because you're splurging. Splurge think about that. We're splurging on pizza. <laughs> um anyways, I hope everyone out there is doing well. Um let's just get right into it. Mixed bag. Mixed right? bag. That's 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 the end conclusion from 
an election that is still technically going on. There's a couple of con- congressional districts that need to be decided. Uh, NBC, Decision Desk, um, a lot of outlets have called the House for the Republicans right now. Um, looks like we're going to end up with 220, 221 seats somewhere somewhere in that area. And what did we originally think we were going to get? Like 230 was the hope. Okay, so a lot. we got a lot less. We, we came up short in a couple of races. And um, and it's a it's a it's a shame. There are there are a lot of close races. There are some close races went our way. Close races that didn't go um, our way. What was the most surprising loss and the least surprising loss? Least surprising loss was Oz. Yeah, I would I say would Oz would be the least surprising in terms of the big races. I wasn't surprised Oz lost. I wasn't surprised Masters lost. I was surprised Laxalt lost in Nevada. I thought he was going to win that. Um, but um, that was up and against an incumbent. The governor won. The Republican governor won. Lombardo won. That's so weird. Right? But we didn't, we didn't win in the Senate. Part of, that, part of that's an incumbency thing. Part of it's what we're going to get into. Um, you know, the abortion issue was huge in Nevada. I feel like also people talk about like, oh, how do people split tickets? Like they mm-hmm. just want to see a balance of power. And I'm like, I don't know if people are necessarily going in and being like Republican governor, Democrat senator, right. that'll show them. I feel like they're just like, I'm not going to vote for one. It's like, okay, I'm going to vote for the Republican governor and I don't like the Senate candidate. So I'm just not going to vote and well, vice that, versa. Well, that's the interesting thing is, is that, you know, generally speaking, you know, what you see even in blue states, and for a while, Republicans had governor governorships in over 30 of the states, right? So we're talking over 60% of the states where we were we were in charge. And sometimes you see this is a lot where governors, governors tend to be more fiscally conservative and lean that way because people don't want to see their property and sales taxes and local taxes go up, right? And Republicans tend to guard against that, stereotypically speaking. Um, whereas, you know, you look at the lo- you look at the federal level and what's the, what's the big federal fight going to be over? Well, it's going to be over COVID relief, right? Mm-hmm. I want my COVID relief and in Nevada, a place with a lot of hospitality, the more COVID relief you got, the better, you know, so that's going to play a role in it. And then also the abortion fights just national at this point, unfortunately, as much as we'd like it to be a state issue, as much as we'd like a lot of these issues to be state issues, that was the design of the constitution that's the old 10th amendment sitting there the bill of rights last on the list but first in our hearts is the idea that you know hey what this constitution doesn't talk about here let the states figure it out right we've got interstate commerce and a collective military figured out everything else is left up to y'all because we don't think that someone in delaware knows how to educate someone in nevada and vice versa however now We've slowly gone towards the centralization of, of, of everything. So, you know, I think, you know, early on in the day, we were kind of looking for those like bellwethers, like, hey, is this going to be like a wave? Is it going to be nothing? And we kind of saw that it was going to be muted right at the beginning. Hassan took New Hampshire pretty comfortably. Not really any of the swing districts in Virginia went Republican except for Virginia 7. I think we flipped New Virginia 7. Rhode Island 2, Alan Fung, 
former mayor of Cranston. He was a big uh, he was big on the Republican side. We put a lot of effort uh, and money and resources behind him. He came up a couple points short in Rhode Island, and that was kind of the theme overall. We close but no cigar, close but no cigar, close but no cigar across the board. And um, I watched the election returns all night, and um, the commentary got progressively sloppier and simple throughout the night, I think, as it does. Hmm. Um, I think that there were, to get into, to get into the reaction and to get into the, na- the, the blame game that's going on right now, and it's all blame game on our side, right? It's all blame game on the Republican side. Why didn't we win 53 seats in the Senate? Why don't we have 235 seats in the House? Who caused this? Why did this happen? Blah, 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 blah. Um, a lot of people jumped at Trump right away, which I think is the wrong conclusion for a couple of reasons. Um, one, the first one is is that um, it's hard to blame Trump for the actions of voters. At the end of the day, voters have to go in and cast the ballot who they believe is going to be the best candidate, best person for the job or not, right, at the end of the day. Um, that's what people did. People made that decision on their own. Um, I think looking at the candidates, Oz, like I said, I think that's the kind of the one that we circle. We go, okay, this guy didn't even live here. You know, he, he parachuted in from out of state. He's a celebrity. You know, he basically said all of the wrong things during the primary if he wanted to have any hope of of getting to 50 or 51. He really needed to be like a 49. He was like a 49% candidate. He needed Fetterman to come in under 49, and he needed libertarians and the rest of the parties to pick up another percentage. That's what Oz needed at the end of the day. Um, we all knew it. We all saw it. He got the endorsement that he needed. It pushed him over the edge in the primary. Whatever happened, happened. Um, Georgia is going to a runoff. I would be shocked at this point if Herschel Walker won it. Um, once again, this was someone who needed to win on election night. Um, looks like the libertarian in this case tipped the balance towards Warnock, um, which is which is unfortunate. Um, but at this point, it's not going to decide anything. It's going to be really hard for me to see how Republicans are going to be energized to go to the bat for Herschel Walker, who has caused problems for the Republican Party at every step of his campaign, whether it's completely lying about the relationships that he's had with women to his advisors and to and to his staff who've now had to come up with answers for why he's touched everything except the third rail in the southeast of America um, and apparently aborted everything that he's tried or tried to, you know, he's, you know, this is a guy who's addicted to paying for abortions. Um, it's just, um, you know, the only thing that I could think of is that the entire Georgia football team goes undefeated and they all come out the day before the election and go, we're not going to play in the national championship unless Herschel Walker is our next center. That's the only thing that I can see tipping the scales is if the University of Georgia football team held the state at ransom. Other than that, I really do think it's going to be an uphill battle. But I just I find it hard to blame Trump in all of this because he acted the way that anyone who has followed politics for the last seven years 
knew how he was going to act, right? Which was he was going to inject himself into local races and he was going to put his thumb on the scale for people who he deemed to be the best candidate. And as we've discussed, 30% of the Republican Party will do whatever Donald Trump tells them to do. That is a very powerful thing. And as we move into what is now... (laughs) In a, couple of, in a couple of minutes here, what's going to be kicking off the 2024 campaign with Donald Trump announcing that he's running again, most likely. Um, I'm just going to go with that assumption right now that that's what he's doing tonight. Um, this idea that, he's gonna, that, that, that he, he doesn't have a clear path to the nomination is complete nonsense. Um, there's no other candidate with 30% name recognition, never mind 30% of the support of the party. Um, um, Ron DeSantis, hell of a win on Tuesday. Marco Rubio, hell of a win on Tuesday in Florida. Um, If you want the model of how to be a Republican governor in this modern age, how to reform your state's election laws, and how to put an absolute clamp on your party's position of power in the state, it's Florida. It's Governor Ron DeSantis. Anyone who speaks ill of him or ill of his accomplishments, says he's not a fighter, calls him too liberal, um, I would simply just take that person's words and wonder whether they're looking for A, some sort of personal gain out of attacking him, or B, whether that they have a track record of actually espousing conservative ideas and positions. Um, I think you'd learn very quickly, people are going to fall into one of two buckets, either, either, either one they have a personal gain for attacking the governor DeSantis, or, or number two, they're they're what we call the old CNN Republican Republican consultant. They're a Republican because we call them a Republican. We can't find any record of them working for Republicans or with Republicans, but we're going to call them a Republican for the sake of this panel because we need a Republican on to come in and tell people how bad Republicans are. <laughs> you know, that's that's the old name. So you see a Republican on CNN, Republican on MSNBC. Just remember, that's just a label they put on people to get them up there. They're not actually on our side. It is, it's, it is what it is, right? It's just a trick. This is a trick the media does. They want you, people believe. It's a lot easier to believe everything the media tells you. It's a lot easier to believe. Let me rephrase that. It's a lot easier to believe what you want to hear, number one, or number two, if someone who you really like are you really personally invested in them, tells you something, you're more likely to agree with that and not question it. Whether if you hear something from someone who you don't have an invested interest in agree with, you're more likely to question what that person's saying. Hey, I don't know if that's true. I don't know about that. Let me look that up. Um, and so... It's the same thing with, with people blaming Mitch McConnell. Well, Mitch McConnell didn't invest enough in the races. All Mitch McConnell did was spend money on these races. All Mitch McConnell did was fundraise on behalf of these candidates. All Mitch McConnell did was try to preserve the rep- was try to get a Republican majority. That's all he did. And people can get upset about, oh, he spent too much money here. Oh, he spent too much money here. Oh, he spent more money here than he needed to. Well, remember... There is another group fundraising at this time, actively against Mitch McConnell. This is the Donald Trump America First pack that said, hey, we don't want Mitch McConnell as, as Senate Majority Leader. Well, 
did Donald Trump end up backing any of his candidates with money? No, he didn't. That's a fact, right? He took the money and ran. Sorry, he did, right? So if you want to, do the, if you want to point fingers on fundraising and disbursement of that, that money, there is someone that you can point a finger to. At the end of the day, I just don't know how much that this had any of a difference, which makes me wonder. I think it's easy to go, oh, let's point fingers, at, point our fingers at a national figure because of what? When the reality is, is that these national figures act in their own self-interest 100% of the time. That's how they became prominent. That's how they became powerful. That's how they became rich, right? These are people who don't take no for an answer. These are people who are going to do what they feel is in their best interest, and they're going to keep their head down, and they're going to fight, 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 and keep going and keep going and keep going. That's how you get into these positions of power. You don't question yourself. You have self-confidence, okay? And this is now what we're having, is we're having... We're now having a fight between all of these alphas at the top of the Republican Party who all want control of their, who all have some sort of control over some segment of the Republican Party, and now they just want to beat the heck out of each other and point fingers. Folks, I really hate to break it to you, but the answer why we didn't take more seats in the House and the reason why we didn't take the Senate is very, 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 very simple. We have a cultural problem in this country. Okay. We can argue about early voting laws, mail-in ballots. We can argue why Maricopa County doesn't know how to count votes, but Florida gets all their votes in on election night. All of these are 100% completely legitimate discussions that we need to have, right? This is why it's important to have Republican governors, Republican secretaries of state, so that we can reform these laws. To close out the thoughts about the primaries and all of that, the people who know best what their states need are the people who live in those states and are the activists in those states. So if you don't have the time to investigate every little issue and investigate every little candidate, as we do the, name, name, the, the blame game and the finger pointing at a national level, just remember, why are we conservatives? One of the reasons is we don't like to have all of this centralized power in one spot. We don't believe that a national government knows what's best for people at the local level. Well, then why would we believe that a national political figure knows what's best for, the, for us in our states? The answer is they don't. Okay. So if we want to be upset, we can only be upset with ourselves. Right? If you want to be mad, just be mad at yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Because really, at the end of the day, us voters have more power than any one figure in the country has if we decide to exercise it. Or we'll vote in lockstep because someone told us to, which is what we're going to get into next, which is going to be this brutal, 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 brutal primary fight that is kicking off tonight that I've already termed the parent, it's the parents versus the grandparents. Oh yeah. I've already I, I I've 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 tested this with groups of people and I've yet to receive any pushback on it. Because I think when you look at the polling, when you look at the demographics of who people support, and when you look at who's currently ahead who's currently in charge of the Republican Party versus the up and comers, the people who have been floating around for the past six, eight, ten years, going, Hey, when's my shot? Let me just say, simply say this. 
The people who have been waiting their turn see a heck of an opening right now. The other thing that people who have been waiting for an opening know is that whoever comes out of this primary process is going up against an 80-year-old who can't form full, complete sentences. <laughs> and yet he won. Strike number two against someone else. <laughs> Your point being is that there is a massive underreported culture war going on right now. in our towns and in our cities when it comes to education, when it comes to drag queen story hour, when it comes to, um, you know, your kid uh, told me they're interested in transitioning. So we've set them up with the school guidance counselor and you can't do anything about it. That's on the, that is on the front of the minds of every single Republican Party parent, which is a growing number of, which is the growing constituency, as we talked about on Monday before the election. Parents, parents, Republicans win parents by over 20 points. Republicans win married men by over 20 points. Republicans win married women by, by seven points. Republicans win unmarried men by seven points. Republicans lose unmarried women by 34 points. <laughs> 34 points. The election was decided by unmarried women last Tuesday. And it was decided on a culture war issue, abortion. And this is what I mean when our, one of the things that I took away as a comforting fact from last Tuesday is that in some respects, it had little to do with national figures. It had little to do with our candidates. It had to do with the fact that a large percentage of our population, unmarried women, have been convinced by the media, by their friends, by whomever that they are receiving information from, that there is no higher calling in life than to have as much unprotected you-know-what with as many different strangers as you can in order for you to fill out your Planned Parenthood punch card. How is it that when women marry and then have children... They swing 50 points in the direction of Republicans. Mm. How? How is that possible? That's the question that's been on my mind for the past week. What happened here? What happened to where young women in our society seemingly believe that the only thing that they see the government good for is making sure that they can use abortion as birth control. <laughs> and I remember 
this news story popped up the weekend before the election. Michael Moore was giving some interview and he said, you know, unmarried women, he's like, women are going to come out in droves for Democrats because of the abortion issue. They don't care about anything else. All they care about is abortion. And I remember Republicans and myself included being like, that's like one of the most sexist things I've ever heard. Here's this old white man telling women the only thing that they care about is whether they can abort their child. Turns out Michael Moore was right. Yeah. Turns out Michael Moore was right in the most depressing way possible. Turns out that a large percentage of our population only cares about only cares about abortion. They only care about um, they only care about the fact that they are so bad at having protected sex that they they need the fail safe of an abortion. Yep. Depressing. So that's what I say. Like that's what I that this is what I mean when I say our problems in this country aren't going to be solved by politics. They're not going to be solved by a political figure. No matter how much faith you want to put in a secular political figure, newsflash: that person is going to die at some point. Then what? Honestly, think about that. If you've put a secular figure as the be-all and end-all of existence, and you've put all of your faith and trust in that figure, what happens when they go away? Then what are you left with? Their kids? Someone who glommed on as part of a movement to make money? The only thing that concerns me in the Republican Party is that we have become a party that is more driven by personality and less by our convictions. And one of the things that I think we should be taking away from what Governor DeSantis has done in Florida is that this is someone who fought the culture war on every front, who on every front was told, no, you're going too far. No, people aren't going to like that. Offering, just because the media doesn't like something, they're never going to like something. They're never going to like anything a Republican does. So you can't let the media decide what you want to do, right? That's why it's like you have all these media figures going, I really think Donald Trump should display an announcement. Why? Why would Donald Trump listen to you, number one? You're not as successful as him. Number two, what does he have to lose? As we just went over, this is someone who doesn't think about losing as a possibility, if he did, he wouldn't be where he is in life. So why the hell wouldn't he announce tonight? Why the hell wouldn't he think he's going to win? He's got 30% of the party ready to go to the polls and vote for him tomorrow. Does any, can anyone else say that they've got 30%? If the, if the nomination was held tomorrow, Donald Trump would be the nominee of the Republican Party. Simply because there would be 11 other people running... They'd all split the votes. None of them have name recognition like he does. None of them have a coalition like he does. Well, coalition, I use that in quotation marks. None of them has the movement that he has. This is an uphill battle for people. Um, but back to the point of the parents versus the grandparents, this is what it is. This is... This is the young people who have been drawn to the Republican Party going, 
we have to put an end to this cultural stuff. We have to fight these battles. It's gotten so bad out there. I mean, how many people out there, if you're ever around little kids, have to make sure that you know where the television clicker is so that you can change a channel on a moment's notice because there might be something that must, a commercial could come on. Even commercials these days are unbelievable, the content that they have. How many people have ever, have ever had, who've ever been in that position go, hey, we need to kind of, hey, can we, we need to, let's count, maybe let's keep that on mute so kids don't hear something. It's just one of those things where at some point, the next generation is going to have to take over, I think. And I think this is the primary cycle that's going to decide it. Because let me tell you right now, you take out DeSantis, this is his one shot. Let me be very clear about this. This is Ron DeSantis's one shot to run for president. He doesn't get 2028 if he loses a primary. Someone else will someone else will fill the vacuum, right? We don't want losers. We don't run our loser twice. This except is DeSantis. For Mitt Romney. This is DeSantis's one shot. This is his one shot. So think about it. Do you do 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 you want to run someone for a third time or do you want to do you want to run a 42-year-old who would make who can run circles around Joe Biden? That's what we're going to be deciding as a party. And not just that, but someone who has the same principles and values as you and has that same Trumpian take mm-hmm. on the media take but doesn't go off the hinges and alienate half the population. Well, I mean, and that's that's always going to be the uphill battle that DeSantis, that's the uphill battle DeSantis is going to have to fight. He's going to have to fight this idea that people have, well, like you said, that there's... Well, just, I I have hope, at least in the primary, if we're right about our constituents, which we believe our constituents have correct values and principles, and that they will look at facts and va- and vote on facts and not emotions and feelings because that's what the democrats do so if you want to look at facts yes trump ran the country well there are also some things he did that weren't so great but ron DeSantis has also run his state very well he has a track record so if your you know excuse is well trump can get it done well so can ron DeSantis. But he's, so, never, but he's never done it before. And that's, and this is, but this he is has at a argument. state level. What's the difference? Here's the argument. The argument is very simple. And this is, and this is what I wanted to, I'm glad, I'm glad you, you brought this up because this was from the Daily Mail. Daily Mail went and interviewed a whole bunch of people who are going down to uh, Mar a Lago and for the whole announcement tonight. But this was, this was the key quote. This is, this, this was the key quote that made me. That made me realize we are we are back to 2015. We are this we are we are in 2015 all over again. He's out there fighting for us. Jennifer insists, struggling off the allegations currently assailing Trump. The others are all in cahoots. While we're hungry and homeless, we're tired of paying too many taxes. People are very angry. My daughter and my son-in-law were both in the military. Now they are working, but they are struggling to keep their kids fed with food stamps. Prices have gone up too much. That ain't right. This is the deal. The last time people saw things going well in their life, who was president? Donald Trump. 
it is so easy to go from point A to point B in that. You go, hey, listen, I don't know. DeSantis seems like a nice guy. I don't know, but I know Donald Trump and I know gas was 250 a gallon when he was president. Yeah, but for sure, half the country won't vote for you. So it's a moot point. You don't see, and that's that's the thing we got it. That's the thing that the DeSantis people can't fall into a trap of, of going, well, everyone hates you. He's going to go, you sound like a member of the liberal media. They all hated me in 2016, and I won. This nostalgia is going to be so powerful. How many times at CPAC did we hear, we need a new Reagan? We need a new Reagan. Where's the next Reagan? then prepare yourselves for another four years of Biden, because (laughs) because Donald Trump can't get reelected. He just can't. I'm sorry. It's not going to happen. It's, we just don't know. There is one thing I do know. If he loses the nomination. He's going to run third party. He'll run third party. Because that was my. He'll run third party. My thought. He's running third party. He might run third party. You know, he hasn't announced yet. I wouldn't be surprised if he ran third party tonight. If he said, I'm running as an independent. Imagine that. Imagine that. I do not know what he is doing. If he actually does that, that would blow my mind. Just like Donald, Speaker Donald <laughs> Trump. Speaker of the House Donald Trump. By the way, Kevin McCarthy is going to be the next Speaker of the House. Looks like Mitch McConnell is going to have a tougher time. But anyways, like I said, if you look at the, if you look at the demographics, under 50 crowd is going to want DeSantis. Over 50 crowd is going to want Donald Trump. It is going to be an absolute civil war in this party. Um, of, the likes we have, of the likes we've never seen. Likes we we haven't seen in a long time, maybe not since Goldwater, well, right? Yeah. Well, since we're going to record again tomorrow because the Wednesday mm-hmm. is our regularly scheduled programming, we will cover Trump's announcement tomorrow mm-hmm. because it it's not happening for fifteen more minutes over here. Yep. So we'll just skip that. Um. What's next on your docket? Are we to the food segment yet? We're not too, uh, well, let's see. Uh, let's see, let's go. We lost the Senate, not great. We won the House, this is great. Our country is a 50-50 split. Tell me something new. We have an unmarried women problem, that's for sure. National figures played a small role. Um, but yeah, it's the voters decide who they want. I mean, if you look at the results in Arizona, it is crazy. We're going to have a Democrat governor. We're going to have a whole bunch of new Republicans get elected to the House, um, we turned down the voter ID law, but luckily the, the tax measure looks like it's going to pass by the hair of shinny chin chin. We had a great measure here. It was a measure that it would require a 60% vote to raise taxes. And we found out that 49.6% of the state doesn't pay taxes because they're the people that voted against it. 54% of the state pays taxes, don't want to see their taxes increased, uh, because of the majority wants it. Um, so great. Awesome. Wonderful. Um, Hey, free money and abortions. It's the Democrat party offers. Um, people making large proclamations are probably angling for a payday of some kind. Just remember that people, it's really just two sides. It's McConnell's fault. It's Trump's fault. The reality is it's neither of their faults, right? It just, it's an election. It's an election. Um, I guess uh, two things that I wanted to hit on real quickly. Um, 
uh, oh, uh, household debt skyrocketing. Everyone's putting all of their co- oh, everyone's putting all of their uh, everyone's just racking up credit card bills like nuts. Um, um, there is I got to start watching the CBS Morning Show. Apparently, they've got a real stupid person on here. <laughs> Why are they always on the stupid news articles? Well, so well, so they have got so the lead anchor is Gail King, who got her job because she's friends with Oprah, right? And she's a, a Democrat. Okay. Um, and then the other one is Nate Burleson, former football player. I was going to say, morning, why football. does that sound so right? familiar? So you've got so you've got Oprah's best friend, and you got Good Morning Football okay. hosting the CBS Morning Show. Um, Whatever. But so then they got this third guy. They got this third guy. <laughs> Tony Dokupil, who he he looks like he's had as many he's had as many profound thoughts go through his mind as uh, <laughs> as I've seen pigs flying in my life. Here we go. But he he and this is now keep in mind someone, this is someone with with who makes well above the median income in America if you're hosting the CBS Morning Show. Though no one watches the CBS. No one watches I hope it. his salary isn't tied to Nielsen ratings. Uh, Jeff Bezos said that he wanted to devote most of his money to fighting climate change and block and fight climate change. The guy says rockets <laughs> in space. He's fighting climate change. I mean, this is all just complete crock of crap. When was the last time Jeff Bezos fly, flew, flew commercial, right? Jeff Bezos. I had to see Jeff Bezos in the Southwest, Southwest Airlines cattle call, you know, yeah. try to fight for an aisle seat. When Bezos is fighting for an aisle seat on Southwest, then I'll believe he's fighting climate change. Until then, <laughs> kindly shut your mouth and go buy the red skins um so this anchor tony doku peel suggested that bezos and other wealthy people should consider donating their money to the government the other thing about charitable giving for these super rich billionaires and so forth is if you're having trouble figuring out where to give it you could write a check to the treasury and we as a country as a democracy could decide how to spend it lol after all the internet was built by taxpayer dollars uh, co-host Gail King and Nate Burleson didn't entirely agree with this sentiment. I wouldn't want to do that. Um, Dokupil suggested it wasn't democratic for billionaires to spend their money how they wished. <laughs> when you take private assets and you plow it into whatever you care about, it's not really a democratic process. Tony, I think you should put up to vote everything that you spend your money on and put that vote up to Twitter. And see how that democratic process. This is what liberals believe. Liberals believe that you that private property should not exist. That there should be no such thing as private property. What you earn, right? It's not yours. Someone else built it. Right. That is liberalism in a nutshell. So if you ever want to wonder why people in the media um, seem to be completely out of touch and stupid, it's because they are completely out of touch and stupid. <laughs> Um, so just, (laughs) this is great. Um, second, I just have to do this. This is, I just, I just need to read this out loud. This is, I'm just going to just read this. Hit me with it. A reporter for Business Insider asked Dianne Feinstein if she'll seek the role of Senate president pro tempore, which is 
uh, like this honorary position. Oh, okay. It's uh, it's basically the role of the the the, the longest serving senator becomes oh, president okay. pro tempore of the senate. Would she be that? Would she be the she longest be. serving? Okay. Well, I haven't thought about it, but I'll let you know when I do. I've just got back. I've had a lot of issues. Um, an aide walking with the senator quickly interjected, telling insider that Feinstein had told a few reporters in the past that she's not thought about it and has no intention of seeking the position. That's what you've told reporters, the aide told Feinstein. I don't know what you're saying, responded Feinstein. This is about the Senate pro temp position, said of the aide. Well, I haven't said anything about it that I know of. You were asked about it over the break, and you put out a statement saying you had no intention of running for it. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, well, then, I guess it's out. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> oh, Lordy. If you... Oi, oi, oi. Why would we have any trust in this position? <laughs> why would we have any trust in our government right now when we're when when die when die Fi is still a senator? <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, no, but we should totally take this seriously. This is something that we should totally, totally, totally take seriously. Food. I don't have food. What do you have food, <gasps> folks? Max has still not had a McRib. I think he might miss it. I've got five days. I'm going to go tomorrow. Oh, he knows. He has five days. <laughs> right? McRib. Okay. I think that you should go and get one for tomorrow's show and have a live. We could do a live t- taste test. All right. I think that's what we're going to do. Let me find it near me. Yeah. There we go. Availability. McRib but farewell tour. If we're going to do food things... um. Let's just do what is your favorite Thanksgiving side dish? Because Thanksgiving is next week, right? It's a week from Thursday. Yeah. Thanksgiving is a week from Thursday. Yo, what's your favorite? Stop caring about the McRib. What is your favorite side dish? And don't say McRib. I think you know what my favorite side dish is. Well, let, let the audience know. Green bean casserole. Can you explain to everyone what that is well green bean casseroles you take a couple cans of green beans cans did you notice that cans okay cans keep going of green beans can of cream of mushroom soup another can kick keep mix going. it together and then you got them french's crispy onions that you put on i think there's a little salt and pepper in there that's it it's Ugh. not much it takes about five minutes to put together yikes it's delicious but unfortunately, there are some people <laughs> in certain regions of the country <laughs> who believe that fresh food is far superior to the preserved casserole version of said green bean casserole. So I've had to alter the recipe over time to make it. So if you have to go with the fresh version, is it still your favorite side dish? Well, it's pretty damn good. You know, oh. I like I like I like the mushrooms. I don't know. I just I'm a big green bean casserole person. I want nothing to do with a yam or sweet potato or whatever they call them. Okay. <laughs> I see a yam, all I want to do is hit it with a golf club. That's all I want to do. I don't do the yams. Yams and people put I almost said mushroom marshmallow. Mar- what I can't is believe this? you don't like our family's sweet potato dish because it is so good. 
It is sweet potatoes, a lot of butter, a lot of sugar, and then there it's go. got a crust of cornflakes and pecans and more sugar. It's like a dessert. I think you just hit the nail on the head of, of, of why. I'm not a dessert person. Well, there you go. I, I think that's either my favorite side or just the Brussels sprouts, Brussels which sprouts I have forced upon my family. Do you it's consider just oven do you, roasted. Do you consider mac and cheese to be a Thanksgiving side dish? Well, we've never had it at my family's Thanksgiving. <laughs> really? No. You've been to a lot of my family's Thanksgiving. When like have I we ever had mac and, mac and cheese? cheese? I feel like a mac and cheese. We do mashed potatoes, mashed potatoes, the yams that you don't like. Never had the you yams. You force us to have green beans. I like to eat my green bean casserole. And then we have the gross cranberry jelly thing. That's correct. Well, okay. And then okay, we usually okay. have a now fresh cranberry the thing. Now there's the debate. Fresh cranberry sauce versus the correct cranberry sauce. If I can't see the ridges of the can, I don't want to have it. Okay, there's one acceptable cranberry sauce, and it sits perfectly in that cylinder, standing in the middle like a centerpiece for all to see in its glory, its gelatinous glory. Anytime someone hits the table with their knee, getting up and yells out a curse word, you see the little thing shake because no one's had a scoop of it. It just stands there shaking the entire meal. Um, no, my hot take is I don't like any of the cranberries, can or fresh. Don't I like eat, it. I eat the cran. I eat the can. I like the can. Not a fan. I'm the can. I always. And have, those I are, like to always like to have a scoop or two of the can. Those are the only side dishes that we have. Do you think you could eat an entire can of cranberry sauce? No, I haven't even had a smidge of it. You've never had the can. No, it's gross. It's all gross. How can you say it's gross when you've never had it? it trust me, it's gross. I, I can trust see you. It. It's delicious. <laughs> I could see it. Spam comes from a can, and you like spam. Yeah, I also really don't like to think about the fact that it came from a can. It's kind of gross. I'm not going to have this anymore now. There you go. Spam? Yeah. Ooh, tell the audience the spam masubi you made this weekend. Kicked it up a notch. Yeah, well, Vic makes spam masubi. Because it's easy and quick and Explain good finger what it food. Is. It's rice with spam, fried up spam on top of it, wrapped in seaweed. But oh. this weekend, I fried up. I fried up. I made crispy rice. It's crispy rice. You got to make it the thin, fried up in shallow, shallow pool of oil. In and a then pan. you take the nori seasoning from Trader Joe's that has nori and seeds mm. and some things, and put that on the rice. The furry cocky. Yeah, the furikake and a little bit of soy sauce. And then you put the mm-hmm. spam and wrap it in seaweed. Yep. I also got a kimchi mayo. That was really good. Spicy mayo also works. A little sriracha mayo. Put it down there. It's delicious. So there you go, folks. Feel free to let us know if you try Max's weird green bean casserole recipe or the spam subi recipe we just gave you. And we will see you tomorrow for a McRib tasting. A McRib tasting. And also our take on the Trump announcement if, you know, one actually happens. See you tomorrow. Couple minutes. The chant is drill, baby, drill. He had such enormous fun that he called for another elephant to come. It's just awfully good that someone with the temperament of Donald Trump is not in charge of the law in our country. Because you'd be in jail. Secretary Clinton.
out the bushes. Stay out the bushes. Jet is a mess.